Welcome to Urban Principle, leadership lessons brought to you by BrettAndersonConsulting.com. And now here's your host, Brett Anderson. And welcome back to our podcast. We are on episode 187, season four, and we've been talking about leadership and super bosses. And we are looking at talent this time. It's kind of part three. We've been in that discussion Last time we talked about the traits, uh, extreme confidence or the fearlessness, uh, competitiveness, imaginative nature, integrity, and that honesty and authenticity. And this time I'd like to look at uh, some of the characteristics uh, for getting talent. And we've talked about uh, getting talent before, since hiring staff and especially teachers is getting harder and harder. Um, and in uh, Finkelstein's book, uh, Super Bosses, How Exceptional Leaders Master the Flow of Talent, he gets into a chapter on getting people who get it. And that's hiring and finding the right people, or as Collins would say, finding the right people and getting the right people in the right seat on the bus. Um, he gives a scenario of showing up for a job interview and the CEO actually sits, sits in on it and doesn't seem to do a lot of talking and everything else. And... Uh, at the end, he says the, uh, basically, uh, I'll finish with it. Uh, Without warning, the living legend gets up. I've got to run. That's the, the CEO. When the human resources people call you in, they they tell you uh, that you've just been hired. And, um, and they're talking about how strange it is and that the scenario... The leader didn't look at the resume or other records. Uh, they didn't want to know about their most recent position or qualifications. They didn't ask what sort of job they were looking for or salary requirements. Um, they just listened and uh, a few other questions were seemed random to the interviewee. And it says when it comes to hiring, super bosses make their own rules. They forge their own path. They sniff out promising employees in the craziest of places, and the people they get are unlike any other, engaged, brilliant, creative, the raw material that may well be the stuff of future superstars. Uh, definitely something I did as well because I would try and get to know, ask them a bunch of questions uh, using some of that Gallup Insight uh, material. And But really, I would be trying to get to know them and ask enough questions to figure out their personality and get to know if they'd be good in teams and good in collaborating and uh, able to be creative. And especially the people that we were putting together for the focus school uh, when I got to start that school from scratch and develop an innovative uh, school promoting diversity. Uh, so that was a, a job finding the right people. And it was a challenge to find the right people, but I enjoyed that process as well. Uh, and then they, he goes on to say, uh, this emphasis on unusual talent is far more extraordinary than it might seem. Nearly all business executives, especially those in human resources, will tell you that they want recruits who are very talented, smart, good at leading, and impressive all around. This is different from what super bosses want. Super bosses don't want recruits who are very talented and smart. They want recruits who are unusually talented and startlingly, startlingly smart, hard to say. Uh, they don't want ordinary leaders. They want drivers of, of uh, change. 
They don't want most likely to succeed types. They want people who are prepared to transform the very definition of success. Uh, and then, of course, it goes on to say, so what does getting it mean? One thing that virtually all super bosses look for is an unusual intelligence. Uh, and then he goes through some examples of uh, people that hired uh, people that were unusually talented. Uh, he gives a story of Lauren Michaels, you know, of Saturday Night Live fame. Uh, it says, Lauren Michaels has a rule that he repeats all the time. If you look around the room and you're the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room. Uh, you know, if you look around the room and you think, God, these people are amazing, then you're probably in the right room. So kind of words of advice from him. Uh, virtually all super bosses place an emphasis on having everyone around them be as smart as possible. And they see this uh, throughout our, they, uh, they use this throughout their uh, non-conventional interview techniques and by observing them closely during on-the-job trial periods and uh, finding amazing people and the ability to find people that are actually uh, extremely smart and as a leader it's smart to surround yourself with smart people and people that you can use their talents and strengths uh, especially if you don't have some talents and strengths in in certain areas you can use uh, the people around you to help strengthen your team and instead of being intimidated by that you should be looking for that for your team and for your building and for your organization um, a second component of getting it he says is creativity Super bosses are not looking for employees who think the same way they do. They are looking for employees who, like them, can tackle a problem originally and differently. Even more, super bosses are looking for employees who can actually get somewhere with an original line of thought, who can creatively apply what they know. Um, interesting. And I always, always into creative thought. A third component of getting it is extreme flexibility. Although super bosses often hire people with special areas of expertise, they are not usually interested in specialists who can only do one thing. They want a kind of brilliance that can be applied to many sorts of problems. And that is very true because I heard people that were good at a lot of different things and were able to bring a lot of different things to the table besides teaching their subject. And they could be on committees and uh, practice in shared leadership and do many different things throughout the building, add to enrichment classes, and do all kinds of things to help support the building. Uh, getting people who get it. It isn't easy for super bosses to recruit the kind of people they are looking for. To pull it off, they frequently must be willing to take a chance on unconventional backgrounds and qualifications. And I remember hiring certain people, and people would say, well, I thought that person was stronger. And they may have been stronger uh, on paper, but when I saw the relationship skills and certain questions that they asked me that were either red flags or that told me they weren't the right fit for our building, that actually said it all. And I knew the actual person that I hired was actually the right fit. Uh, um, you just know those kind of things. Your intuition kicks in. Uh, going on, it says, Somewhat surprisingly, super bosses are in technology-based industries where employees must meet exacting standards, are just as fond of recruiting employees with unconventional qualifications as super bosses in more creative industries. So uh, even in technology-based, they're looking for those uh, people with unconventional qualifications. And that reminds me of, if you look at uh, Apple, we took a team to Apple, 
when I was starting that focus school. And uh, Apple, of course, is known for its unconventional staff and employees. And walking on their campus, you could see that. People on skateboards, uh, people uh, with long hair, people with uh, just different looks than the, torp than the typical corporate look. So that was something that uh, was unconventional. And they were all extremely smart and intelligent and creative and innovators in their fields. Um, you may not have known that by seeing some of the things that we saw, but it was so true. And the training that we got was amazing. Uh, the power of feeling unthreatened. And I totally agree with this statement because uh, leaders often can become insecure. And if you're secure, then you're going to be hiring these people that have extra skills and maybe skills that you don't have and skills that can help uh, your cohesive whole and become a co more cohesive unit as a building. Uh, despite claiming to be interested in hiring the best people, most managers aren't actually comfortable with the very best. They don't feel at ease directing employees who understand the task at hand and what it requires better than they do. They worry that employees who are too gifted will make contributions that outshine theirs. And I think a lot of leaders are afraid of being outshined so that they uh, tend to hire below what they actually could be hiring sometimes. Um, he goes on to say they have no idea what to do with their proposals from subordinates that are too original and, and unexpected. They may even fear being replaced by those whom they have hired and promoted. As a consequence, most managers were unconsciously choose second-tier talent, which I was just saying, because it is easier to categorize and deal with. They usually don't admit this to themselves, but they describe second-tier employees as first-class talent and write off the first-class prospects as oddballs. Oh, man, so true. So very true. Uh, he goes on to say, the extreme self-confidence of super bosses means that there is always room for other stars around them. They feel that collaborating with outrageously capable individuals is only appropriate for someone of their stature. When people who are working for superheroes emerge as new stars, super bosses are almost always extremely pleased. Uh, excellent. And then magic reputations. And uh, it says over time, all the hiring practices common to super bosses become easier because super bosses become talent magnets. Uh, gifted people are attracted to business leaders who appreciate their exceptional capabilities. The extreme talent that a super boss has already recruited uh, creates an environment to which other great talent is attracted. People also start to notice that those who have worked for the super boss are achieving remarkable levels of success. And soon the super boss becomes someone every rising star wants to work with. So leaders attracting talent. And uh, my buildings were always good at attracting people and getting good people in places. And we also produced many leaders. Uh, many of my staff became uh, principals, became uh, assistant principals, and also became leaders uh, throughout central administration and curriculum because of their skills. Hiring like a super boss. Most people in business know that unusual performance and innovation rest on the abilities of an unusual people. What super bosses appreciate is that you need unconventional hiring practice to get these people. As we've seen, this translates into personal hiring, an intuitive hiring, and bold hiring, inventive hiring, and opportunistic hiring, and ultimately passionate hiring. 
This is not to say that supervisors with their unique personalities and perspectives do all the hiring in their companies. Of course not. They still use HR professionals working with them, and I had a great relationship uh, with HR in my past district, and that was something that assisted me because working together, we were able to get the right people. I was able to ask for people to interview and find those right people that fit the correct spot. Uh, super bosses don't merely want strong performance, they expect world-class performance. As one protege remarked at Larry Ellison, his great strength was to make exceptional people do the impossible. And that's uh, bringing that vision to life. And I think that's extremely important, which we've talked about many times on this show, is the importance of that uh, vision. Super bosses aren't just trying to make money or become famous, they want to have an impact. They want to change their industry and often the world. And that comes with the goals and the things that you're trying to do. And if you have that shared vision with staff, that can be an inspiration <clears throat> to everyone. And I, I will share a piece on that too. Inspiring people like a super boss. Um, is he a super boss who will change your life or another drill sergeant boss who will burn you out? You can find out by asking yourself a few, a few quick questions. Does your boss articulate a vision for why you, your team, and your organization are doing what you're doing? Is that vision energizing, exciting, and important? Is it clear how you will fit in? Is the answer to these questions yes? Then you might be in for a life-changing experience. If no, then you might find yourself on a soul-deadening performance treadmill. If your boss focused on getting superior performance from your team and you're struggling, maybe it's time to stop doing what doesn't work and start doing something new. Crapping, cracking the whip does not a leadership philosophy make. At some point, if you don't instill a sense of possibility in your people, the engine will grind to a halt, regardless of your position in the organization. You've got to craft a vision to energize your team and spend lots of time effectively communicating it. Wow, that's a strong statement. Uh, definitely true. And then they go on to talk about protecting the why and the clarity of your vision. And uh, the combination of clarity of vision and constant innovation enables super bosses to run businesses to sustain innovation over extended periods. periods. Employees cannot innovate in meaningful ways unless they have a frame within to work. And the super boss fundamental vision provides precisely that grounding. Consequently, employees are liberated, liberated to move around and innovate the specific mechanisms, processes, methods, and policies they use in their own positions. Super bosses are astonishingly successful because they willingly and eagerly change anything and everything so long as it doesn't contradict or dilute their inherently innovative vision. Yep, totally true. And then the last thing I want to end with is safe spaces. Uh, super bosses also blast away at fear by creating work environments where creativity and innovation can thrive. Uh, huge statement. And we always talk about culture in here and the importance of culture and the importance of building a positive culture to help your people succeed and to help your staff move forward. And if you're in a school, to help your students and your teachers and all of the staff move forward. So again, Superbossos blast away at the fear by creating work environments where creativity and innovation can thrive. Uh, very powerful statement. And allowing that innovation is the key. 
And as we wrap up tonight, I want to end with a quote again. And our quote this evening is, The charismatic leader uh, gains and maintains authority solely by proving his strength in life. And that is by Max Weber. So as always, keep promoting effective leadership through productive culture changes. And until next time, let's remember to stay positive. listening to Urban Principle. Leadership lessons brought to you by BrettAnderson Consulting.com.